Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 73. That was a little close up for y'all. Uh, <laughs> it gets better every podcast, I'm sure. Um, so obviously podcast number 73, uh, our sponsor of the week is All-Star Bowling Sales. We have our regulars, the Wiseman Twins, Tim and Dexter. And uh, we got a couple of guests on tonight. One special guest and one returning guy that will be a part of the cast somehow for the day. We'll see. <laughs> hey, welcome, Mitch Davies, to the cast for this week. <laughs> Maybe. Oh. oh, nope. Frozen. Perfect. <laughs> that is the perfect moment. Oh, there he is. <laughs> oh, he's muted, though, which is okay. He muted himself. Ah. Well, hey, we'll bring hey, in wow. the special guest. Oh, there he is. Yeah, we can hey. hear you now. Hey, Mitch. Oh, <laughs> All right, we're going to bring in our special guest. Um, he's president of the Central Ontario Five Pin Association, um, and he's thrown a perfect game on tour for fifteen thousand dollars. And that'll be our first topic, Mr. Bob Bocage. Hello, everyone. Hey, Bobby. Hey. Oh, hey. So, Bob, we'll uh, we'll delve into that memory. How was it uh, throwing that twelfth shot for fifteen grand? Um, very weird, actually. <laughs> Um, it was, it was, it's, you know, it's something you think about, you know, from when you're a kid and you want, that's the, the dream of the game is to bowl a perfect game. And, uh, as that match was going on against uh, Nelson, I, uh, I was only focusing on the match because he had beaten me so badly the first game and all my focus was, was catching up to him. And, and he had started the game, that same game on five in a row as well. So that was, that just was my focus was, uh, was just catching him in the score and I wasn't really focused on the perfect game, so maybe that was a that was a help. But um, the money came into my mind after the eleventh one, so I had to kind of chase that out of my mind and, and just make sure I threw the same shot. And um, I was blessed that day to have that perfect game, so it was awesome. Yeah, that that's the crazy thing about the the tours escalating pot. Um, when you win something like that, it's almost sometimes three, four times, uh, four times the money you win for winning the tournament itself. So. Uh, yeah, it's quite the payday to roll into, even though you don't walk away with the championship. Yeah, you're right. almost better off doing it in in the 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 Sunday championships for sure. Um, how many times have we seen somebody throw that perfect game during qualifying and then miss the cut? Yeah, Yeah, it it happens. So that's yeah, it's good. It was fun sitting next to you watching you do that. So yeah, it was, it was a good. It was a good Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah a good way to strike the tournament. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, Bob, the money went into my mind after like nine. Uh-huh. I knew 100% we're going to have free drinks. We're going to have <laughs> free dinners. Okay, I was like, Bob needs to throw this. This needs to happen. <laughs> um, see, I, I wasn't I wasn't privy enough to uh, to watch it live because I haven't made a cut there in forever. So I was, I was nursing a hangover in bed and watching live at the <laughs> hotel room. And Eisenhower was in the other room, the other bed, and he's like, I think Bob is on like 11 in a row. It's like, no way. Right. And, and you know, honestly, most of those times when somebody's 11 in a row is like, Oh, I don't, I don't like that guy. I hope he doesn't get it. Right. And then Bob threw it for wow. I was like, I actually like Bob. I was like, Oh, perfect. <laughs> Good for Bob. Right. He, he supports everything. He deserves that. Right. So at least I was like, well, it goes to a good guy at least. Right. So, and you can hear Mitch yelling in the background. I was like, Oh, that guy's annoying. Yeah, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, no, it, was, it, it couldn't have been to a better person, right? So, it was, I, yeah, 
Yeah. It's funny so because the, uh, the, the uh, streaming wasn't working on that set of lanes either. So That's right. uh, I think anybody watching had to kind of uh, watch the scoreboards more than anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you'd have to remind me. I don't remember. Was it in the round of 32 or was it in the 16s when that happened? The round of 32, the very first 32. round. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty good way to start the day. Yeah, that was uh, was good. I, I, um, I think I had 17 in a row in total. So I started the next game on four, including one on the wrong lane. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was on a pretty good roll anyway. It was quite, quite amazing. Yeah. Well, and if I remember correctly, Bob, the next match, you still went off for another like 900 because you went, you went really hot. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I won the first two rounds and then I lost the next two, but I was, uh, I was distracted with social media at that point because everybody was sending me messages and everything. So I'll be, I'll be honest there too. I was cheering through the whole tournament because there was money implications there as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just cheering for the money. You're not cheering for me. Yeah. If you no, want to be Mitch's no. friend, have him bet on you. <laughs> money over friends. Money over yeah. <laughs> no, it was a special day and, uh, and you know it was amazing. And, and bowling in uh, uh, Golden Mile, it's. Uh, the pinfall is so good there. You have an extra level of confidence as well. So you're, you know, even uh, even a guy like me can have a great day. So I, I told you many times, Bob, that uh, I've definitely seen you improve in the last the last decade for sure, like immensely. Uh, mm -hmm. You've gotten to that level where you can compete on the highest stage, and where ten years ago, like I would have, uh, I personally never would have thought that, and. Now, like now, you're right up there, and I yeah. and every tournament you're com competing, and you're doing even better every tournament. So yeah, yeah, yeah. until uh, COVID. Wow, well, yeah. <laughs> perfect <laughs> timing, eh? Yes, we to beat that. <laughs> yeah, true yeah. enough. But no, it couldn't happen to a better guy. I was, absolutely, it's the same with Tim's. Appreciate that. Yeah, pretty much what I got from Tim's statement is that he doesn't like very many people, but Bob is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Bob's well, on short list, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why we invited him on, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mitch wasn't my, my first pick. I can tell him that for now. Oh. That's, why I, that's why I got a text from the better brother. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I mean, what, what, you're number one in the rankings, right, Dex? What are you, 58, Tim? <laughs> if I'm I don't lucky, know. If his, I'm lucky. his computer browser doesn't work, so he can't scroll down far enough to see it. <laughs> you know how Dex is going to have, like, the longest-lasting stand at, like, number one, right, because COVID? You're going to have the longest-lasting stand at number 58. Perfect. <laughs> Put that in the record yeah. books. I hey, like at least it. I got, at least I got something. <laughs> yeah, De Dexter's uh, number one ranking is going to be pretty tough to beat if COVID keeps hanging around. Oh. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm expecting like one week after the election. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't think so. So, <laughs> well, more positive talk. Sorry, Tim. That's on, that's on me. But uh, I guess the question would be to Bob. Have you guys, uh, I know I talked to Ian last week. I know they started their Monday Night League in Streetsville. Um, yeah. I know West that you guys have been bowling the whole time as far as uh, whether you have the COVID Cup or you've had the league start. Uh, Bob, have you had your league start on Tuesdays in Streetsville yet? Yes. Yeah, we've been going uh, four weeks now. Oh, so you started right from the beginning? Yeah, I think we missed the first. Normally it's the first Tuesday after uh, Labor Day, but we delayed one week uh, just because okay. of everything going on. And yeah. how's it going so far? 
Uh, league leagues are down about sixty percent. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. I, I think across the province. Yeah, very similar. Um, are you, I know you guys are down in numbers, but uh, at least for like uh, socializing wise, it, uh, is it all like pretty similar? It's all going pretty well for you guys. Yeah, I mean you got to wear a mask. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, our league on Tuesday, we've actually insisted people wear masks even while they're bowling, just because you know uh, you're outside yeah. your social circle. But uh, right. it's really not a big deal. I mean, I don't know about bowling a ten-game tournament with a mask on. That would be yeah. be different. But uh, three night, three games in a night is it's it's not a big deal. No, yeah. I know. Um, I I started a little eight-person league on Friday nights. Started last week. Um, I don't know what kind of rules I'm going to break here when I say this, but anyways, um, <laughs> we we don't allow. So mine is my total social bubble. So all eight play, all eight people are in my social bubble. Um, so what we do is we you don't have to wear a mask on the lanes, and you don't have to wear a mask in the pit. But if you leave the pit, so we only use four lanes, lanes one to four, and that water down there's a pillar. So it blocks it off from anywhere else outside the lanes. And then um, if you leave the pit, you have to, for any reason whatsoever, you have to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. that's so, fair. Okay. I think that's pretty standard for a lot of bowling centers. Huh? Yeah. 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 Our, we just got our mask bylaw put in on Monday. So, yes. so, that, so that's the same kind of bylaw. So yeah. really it's not like anything different. So it's just, you wear your mask in if you take a, to have to take a piss, you have to go put your mask on and that's yeah, it. yeah. So if you're in the if you're in the pit for you guys, it's fine. Like doesn't yeah. matter if it's twenty, 20 it's people fine. or whatever. Yeah, yeah they, they consider it a physical activity, and they don't require you to put on like pull it on and put it off and whatever. So, um, yeah, once you're down there and you're playing, you can stay down there and not have to worry about putting it back on. They they um, they, they even said if uh, you're using the table above. Yeah. While, while you're participating, then that's right. fine too. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah. He's like, whatever, just go hard. Yeah. So. And are you guys um, are you using every lane? Uh, league play. Each team gets to use a set. So okay. we're we're allowed to use a set. Um, so we're allowed to do that way. Um, but open play is every second lane. Yeah. Uh, match, but match. League play, it's weird out here too because uh, for our match play league, I have 16 teams using 16 lanes. Mm -hmm. We're allowed to do that as long as you can self distance. So I have three players on each team. So supposedly we try to every odd lane down below on <laughs> and every even lane above. And we're not allowed to alternate lanes. Okay. So it's actually not as bad. And we, it actually, we actually are faster. So it's actually, it's actually yeah. not so bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so we can ha we can do it that way. But like a five player team, you have ten people down there. It's impossible. So I would never do it with that way. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not so bad. We're we we actually gaining teams now. We're probably only down all 15. the time. We're only down about fifteen percent now. For mm -hmm. That's player. great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's really good. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I know. Uh, like down, like I don't I don't even know what uh, my other center in the city is like as far as. Uh, participation goes, but I know water down, uh, they're down about half. They're down about half. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, I, I, the, like I said, I said that last podcast, I said, both the centers in my city are going to be okay. Uh, one is owned by a single guy, but he, he gets a break on his, 
on his rent, and then the other one's owned by Rabba Foods, which is just a bunch of like millionaires. So they're going to be okay. Uh, so hopefully, bowling is there. Uh, I got another uh, sort of topic here. Uh, have we talked about what do we think uh, will be the first event that we are able to play out west? Ooh. Um, it's really hard to say. So uh, they're allowing tournaments out here for AHS now. Okay. Um, so I sent in a request to AHS to work on maybe TPC. Um, and that was uh, – we figured we had a way that we could run it safely and follow the guidelines. Their, their, their guidelines for tournaments is um, either you socially distance from everybody else or um, you follow the mini league protocols that they have in for ball and stuff like that. And so the mini league protocols is um, under 50 people if you don't have to or if you can't maintain social distancing. So it's pretty, pretty simplistic. It's just under 50 people and then, yeah, um, try to avoid being in other sporting cohorts and go from there. So um, for TPC, what we had in mind was running three squads. So um, we would run like, so Friday we'd have a shift at 8.30, uh, like 2 o'clock and like 5 o'clock or sorry, or 6.30 or something like that, um, and then have the same shift times on Saturday. But you can only sign up for the one squad. So you'd have squad A, B, and C. Squad A would be at 8.30 in the morning. Squad B would be at 2.30. Squad C would be at 6.30. And you would have the opportunity to enter twice. Maximum 48 people per shift. So under under that 50. But if you're in squad A on Friday, you only have the opp opportunity to play in squad A on Saturday. And we won't have more people join that squad. It's either... So you'd have a maximum of 144 individuals. Um, and then on Sunday, just socially distance it. We would go back to um, go back to the way uh, TPC was uh, in Collingwood there, where the Sunday, uh, the high, high qualifier gets to pick whether he plays at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. And then uh, you'd only have 16 players at a time. So you'd have like, you know, the, the 32s, you'd have 16 and 16 and then – 16 and 16 for the B side, but it'd be one on one and you could socially distance it really easy. So we figured we had a way we could do it within the protocols, but we got more stuff from AHS this week that kind of sort of contradicts that too. And I don't know. And they haven't gotten back to me. So they, um, on Friday, they opened up teams. So, like, our open is good to go. Our E challenge is good to go. We're allowed to have teams. That's not a problem. It's that's not a problem. We can do teams. That's not a problem. Qualify as a single singles to qualify for teams. That's an issue because you're cohorts. Now, my big thing is how many we allowed to have cohorts now, but how many cohorts are we allowed to have? There's no, there's no amount of cohorts. They tell us I can have a work cohort, I can have a family cohort, I can have a friend cohort, I can have a bowling cohort. They now they opened up and said you can have multiple uh, bowling cohorts. Sport, so I can have I can play four nights a week. I have four different bowling courts. Mm -hmm. I can play ball now. I can play different mm -hmm. sports so now. I, how many courts can I have? So 
it doesn't matter to, apparently, but it matters if I'm playing singles or teams. So, I, I feel like, yeah. So, so I don't get it. But anyways, so, but now they said it's okay for Masters to play. He thinks it's okay for Masters to play, but Masters is singles, not a part of any cohort. Was oh, Masters his own league? No, Masters is not in any league. It's, it ma- I, I don't get it. I know, but can, uh, can it not be designated as his own cohort? I think right. it can. So that... Yeah, that's exactly it. So I put in a request for that as well, and they once yeah. again have not got back to me on that. But that's the way for us. We play six events. They just don't want to create a cohort for a tournament for one weekend. Well, I'm like, okay, so tournament masters yeah. is under. You know, it's going to be like 35 people max yeah. sort of thing. Um, we play six events and throughout the year. To me, it that completely falls under the mini league protocols. So for us, I think we can run masters normally, but I just don't know. I just want actual confirmation from AHS first before I, I get masters in the trouble, you know? Yeah, so my question was, when are we going to play our first WCBT? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't care about masters. I just okay, want to know so, what I'm my flight for here. So uh, TPC was optimistic. Um, as we're getting closer to that date, it's getting less optimistic. Um, but uh, I, I think tournaments are getting close. So... Um, but it's hard to say because, like, if we if we cancel TPC and Regina's next, well, Regina has completely different guidelines than we have, so right. that's that's pretty hard to say. But you know, maybe we'll just say postpone for TPC and hopefully run it when we can. So another question I have then is exactly that: where are we going to be allowed to have outside province players? Like, I mean, and that's yeah. that, and and like you know, I know that yeah. I would love to come. I get it. And, I mean, it's going to be a tough decision maybe for even the owners of these businesses. Uh, that would be you guys. Um, yeah. I would Very observant of you. I would just want to know, basically, like, are we going to be a lot of them? And, like, I'm coming yeah. from the COVID capital of Canada here. Like, I, you know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, Bob's way worse than my city. Yes. But, <laughs> yeah. The answer is yeah. The answer are we going to be a lot of them? Yes. It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay with, with, the, with the tournament guidelines, they've opened up. Uh, out of you because before you couldn't have tournaments because you were not allowed to participate outside of your municipality. Um, now all municipalities are good and cross province travel is okay as well. So, yeah, we're gonna You're, force Mitch to quarantine for 14 days when he gets back home. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> he, he, he's already had a quarantine for 14 days last week, <laughs> two, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. And just to clarify, I didn't have COVID. I went to Ottawa to go see my sister, which is worse than even Bob City. I don't yeah. um, but I didn't go anywhere. I just went to my sister's house. We went to uh, we went golfing, me and her boyfriend, and then I drove home the, ne- uh, the next day. Like I went there for uh, like literally forty eight hours, and uh, came home. And then on the Tuesday, I started getting sick. I didn't go to work on the Wednesday. I didn't go to work on the Thursday. And then the guys wanted me to go get a test. I was like, oh, man. And then so I went and got a test. But then I, I got told that if I don't call my work, like serious repercussions can come of this. So I called them. Three different people called me. And they're like, yeah, uh, no matter what your test comes back, you're off for 14 days. I called, oh, jeez. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, I got 85%. So, I mean, it's not too bad. Uh, decent, but it still sucks because you know I just got sick for two days, and not me not knowing the, what what I was actually going to get for pay. Mm. You know, yeah, you're sure you're not going to be out on the streets with two or for two weeks, no pay. 
but you don't want to miss a paycheck either. So that was kind of shitty, but you know, you know, it's just the guidelines that they have. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's really a hard part right now. Is like there, there's so many symptoms that are, you know, under this coronavirus, you know, umbrella, yeah. and it it takes nothing to have some sniffles, and then yeah, it's yeah. But I I get it. I understand. It's just uh, yeah. it's just it's a weird world where you you know you're shunned for you know having to blow your nose. Oh, I know. Oh, actually, so back to a little bit of the bowling talk about this is that I was actually just talking to Jeff England yesterday, mm -hmm. and uh, so Greg sends me a message saying that Thunder Bay, the two bowling alleys there, are allowed to have 150 people inside, hmm. uh, and, and in Ontario, right? And I was like, okay, they they applied for a special permit and they were granted. So I talked to Jeff, and he's like, no, we were never granted that permit because we're from the GTA, so mm -hmm. you know you're not allowed to have that permit. And I was like, well, that's kind of like, you know, you got a $30 million building over there that can only have 50 people. Yeah. They have yeah. you know, 1,500 league members or whatever it is by themselves, and yeah. they're not they're only allowed to have 50 people in at a time. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, I get it. There's a, there's a way of safety, but they also have 52 lanes. They're allowed less people than they have lanes. Yeah. 10-pin centers are having the same problem. Classic Bowl has got 60 lanes and they, they're they allowed 50 oh, people. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No, absolutely Possible. not. Yeah. And I, I just don't get it. Like, you know, I, I don't understand it. Um, I don't know how bowling alleys are going to fare. I, I, hope, I hope things do change before the summer, right? Obviously, because that's going to be their, their wall, right? They're going to be a little bowl time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be ugly. I'm hoping. I am still hoping to run what like I mean I want to run one tournament this year. Like I, I do want to be able to have like our showcase event of like the five hundred dollar event that we have here, the Ontario shootout or the Ontario Invitational. Uh, and I want to run it at the end of the year or something like that. Maybe like we get the back half of the bowling season or something. because um, that would that would be nice to see people come back. Obviously we know the statistics on how it works when a bowling alley closes, right? We know basically if a bowling alley closed, fifty percent of those bowlers are gone inside of one year. Mm -hmm. Right, so I'm hoping that we can come back within before January or February. I'm hoping that at least we get the back half of the bowling and save our bowling season and save most of these people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was definitely nice to come back on Friday, though. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, just going out there, having a couple of drinks, uh, throwing some games. I lost uh, to, to this like 19 year old kid, but you know what? It was fun and. This nineteen-year-old kid. I thought they were all part of your your social circle. I you don't know, even have a name for, for him. You don't even have a name for him. Yeah, his name's Jacob. He's a good kid. He's an accountant. <laughs> I think he's twenty. Actually, he's twenty. He's like carry over. <laughs> yeah, but he's a good kid. Uh, you know, but it was nice to actually get back and just uh, just play. Even though yeah. I was terrible, uh, everything about it sucked as far as scoring wise. But it was it was nice to just get back, have some drinks, and just talk. That, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's all we care about right now. I don't care about the score or anything like that right oh, now. No, absolutely. Why would you care about the score, Tim? It's only because he's averaging 230. No, oh, I'm, I'm averaging 260 on Sunday. Oh. <laughs> Number 58 on the list doesn't worry about scores. That right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's right. Well, that's hey, right. Time, well, Bob's not even on the list. <laughs> that's true. Oh, Bob's on the list. He's oh, he's list. definitely on the list. Is he? 100% he's on the list. <laughs> He's got a point. 
Speaking of lists, um, what about what about the the Hall, the Hall of Fame discussion that we can have here? <clears throat> yes. So Tim, start it off. Go ahead. Okay, well, throw me under the bus here, Mitch. That's Bob's great. number 80, just so you know. Oh, there you go. Oh, did, you had to control that. That's just that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, No, I, I just, um, obviously, Bob, I think, does a great amount of work out in Ontario. And uh, I follow along his stuff. He's the Central Ontario president out there. Um, I, I noticed that you guys do a Hall of Fame out there with Central Ontario, right? Um, and I just want to know, what are your thoughts when it comes to the Hall of Fame, I know you guys do like a, I don't know how to say this properly, Ontario 5, like Mitch, as Mitch leaves, <laughs> Ontario 5 does uh, has a 50-year, uh, it has a cap, I think, right? It had to be 50 in order to be part of it. Yeah, minimum, yeah. Do you guys have a, an age gap on yours? or We do. Uh, it was 40. Okay. Um, and... Um... We've j we recently raised it up to 45, I think, 45 or 46. Okay. So, um, but the thought was, uh, unlike baseball or hockey where you retire and then you're eligible for the Hall of Fame, uh, some bowlers, um, they continue to accomplish great things, you know, well into their 50s and 60s, some, some even longer than that. So it's kind of hard to mm -hmm. put that low age minimum uh, when there's so much more that they can accomplish after they're inducted. Not that they're not deserving at that point, but you're not really recognizing all of their accomplishments that they've, that they've had over their career. So, Correct. Yeah. I, I think it's good. I, I mean, I we've, we've had this conversation lots, and there's definitely, like, two sides of what everybody's opinions are. But I, <laughs> I agree. I well, I. I think I don't. I don't know. I'm glad. I'm glad. Like the age isn't like sixty or something like that. Because I'd I'd like to see these people, you know, get recognized for their accomplishments before they can't be. Um, so I, I'm glad. I'm glad that that number isn't like if you have that that uh, floor for age. That I'm glad it's not like super high. So yeah. Well, that, that's you're good saying point. sixty-five is super high. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. So life expectancy is like 73, 74. So you got a good eight years to live with it, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's more than enough. Yeah. It, it, that's also an average age. I mean, there's people that live to a hundred, which means there's you know definitely a lot of people that die at like fifty. So like that's why it's an average. They get inducted in memoriam. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good point. You also want to recognize them when people are still remember what they've done. Yes, uh, absolutely. Know, we have a legend division, and we've inducted people that you know have been out of the game for twenty or twenty-five years, and nobody really remembers who they are. It gives us an opportunity to recognize them and re remind people of of, uh, of how the how great these bowlers were back then. But uh, it is nice to you know recognize somebody when they're when everybody around them that that knows about them it can share in that uh with them so I'll, I'll just expand on this i think if they're inducted in the hall of fame they should be retired mm. so oh, bye adam yeah. weber <laughs> <laughs> see he, so, so well, he, you know what he, he is retired so I'll, I'll put it this way okay i i had i had obviously there was a meeting that we had not so long ago right and uh the age the age thing came up right and it was shot down and i was one of the ones who decided i didn't like the age on it obviously as you guys all know 
Um, and it was a pretty heated discussion. And there, and there was, uh, I, I didn't like, there was, there was a, something that was said on how it was handled. I didn't like how it was handled. And how would you guys feel? And that's one know which this round table discussion, okay? So they said, uh, somebody said, it wasn't emotion, but somebody said, it's like, well, you know what? It could be, say, X and say it could be 40 years old. Let's say it was 40 years old. You had to be mandatory. Um, but, you know, this person, that person, say Mitch was deserving. It wasn't Mitch. But say that person was deserving, right? And, uh, and it has all the accolades in the world. They should be in the Hall of Fame, but they're just not old enough to be in it. But you know what? If they're dying or if they're dead, we'll put them in. Hmm. Two weeks ago, could have had COVID. Right? And I was like, and, 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 exactly. And, and, and I said, okay, but if they're dying or if they're dead, that shouldn't be a reason to put them in the Hall of Fame. I agree. Yeah. Well, they're not so, gonna. They're not gonna accomplish more, Tim. That's no, all. No, but, but <laughs> hey, that's all. That's true. <laughs> but, um, but you know, we we also discussed lots that we need to like you know have some superstars in our game so that you know people. Yeah, it, they don't it's, have it's to be Hall of Fame to be a superstar, though. I'm not saying they have to be <laughs> in the Hall of Fame to be a superstar, but being in the Hall of Fame definitely helps promote that. And you know, I, I think so. Mm -hmm. at, at least, at least within our community, it absolutely does. You know, this yeah, person in the Hall of Fame. That's not how you're. Deal. That's not how you're expanding the sport. Is not within our community, right? You're looking yeah, at outside of our community. Totally, I, yeah. I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I I don't believe in a Hall of Fame structure where the player can actually probably triple their success on in that event within their lifetime, but they're still inducted a third of the way through their their career. That to me, that's bogus. But yeah, that's just my thought. That's all. As far um, as superstars goes, I, I I do agree with you, Carrie. At that. At as that goes, because as far as superstars goes, okay, we all know that this Hall of Fame, whether it's the 05, whether it's the Central, the Hamilton, uh, the C5, it is <laughs> Tim Weiss's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Drinking buddies more like it. <laughs> right, At the end of the day, I don't, I don't think it means as much to us as it would be to like have the recognition from the peers anyways. Uh, and because those people, no, no offense, Tim, but those sometimes those people aren't your peers uh, when we're playing against them. Like when we go to a WCBT event, you know who those top 10 guys are and you know who's emerging. Like you know who's having a great year. You know who's coming up. Oh, that guy last year had a really good year. He played really well at this turn. You know it. It's not – you might not know they came second or something like that, but you might remember, wow, that guy got really hot last year or whatever. And he's starting to emerge as a, as a great player or he's – or he's really starting to take off as a top five player. So where I'm going with this is that you don't need the Hall of Fame to determine whether you are a superstar or not and, and have that sort of recognition. We give it to you yourself. That, that, that's how I feel at least. Like, like Dex, let's let's take yourself for example, man. Like, ten, Let's go 10 years ago, right? Everybody would have said Matt Schultz was the number one guy, right? Every, I, and I believe that. And then, you know, five years ago, and, okay, this is going to be no knock to Matt because Matt is still a, a great bowler. But five years ago, I remember coming to TPC, and I, you lost to Matt, I believe, in a, in a round of eights or 16s or whatever. And you're like, I should have beat him easily. I, I'm a better player now. And, and, then, and not to, like, put your words in your mouth or whatever. I wasn't trying to be a dick there. And I was like, 
if I, I said like, that, I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> but regardless of the fact is like, I might have thought at that point when you said it, Dex, I was like, you know what? He probably is right. And I was like, shit, he, he probably is right. And like, look what he's done in the last couple of years at that point. It might have been like three to five years ago. But, and then lead up to this now, I know Matt won a tournament uh, two years ago at um, Regina. 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 But leading into these terms, those last three years, uh, there's a reason you're number one, right? So we can recognize that. And I can see on my own, with my own two eyes of like, uh, who who's coming up there and, and who, who who the best is at a, any given time or whatever. So I don't think the Hall of Fame means as much to us as maybe our peer recognition. Uh, that's just my, my opinion. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Like, um, depends what Hall of Fame. I, I, I think uh depends what category you're in. I, Bowling wise, I, I I can I can see what you're saying there, Mitch. But I think maybe for Bob and I, who spend a lot of time in the sport, maybe as a builder or as helping yeah. out that wise, I think it'd probably mean a lot from us on that end, probably. Right? I think we're I think yeah. we're looking at different timelines too, though. Yeah. I think I think Mitch, like what you're saying, is is like a like a, a what have you done for me lately sort of thing, kind of like the Central O versus you know Hamilton and you know, how many championships you guys have had lately. Um, but I, I think I think uh, Hamilton hasn't done anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think <laughs> your your timeline is like a, a very recent sort of five years sort of timeline where the Hall of Fame is, you know, a, a span of a lifetime, right? Maybe. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, weird. Yeah. A, a lifetime uh, achievement, right? And I want to say right there, Dex, is exactly what you're saying is that Tim is saying that it should be based off of numbers and, and timelines, or but it's only 10 years that some people might be able to make it in on. Right? So if you're telling me it's over a, a lifetime, I might be more inclined to believe to like I have no quarrels whatsoever, one way or another. I don't think it should be age or I don't care if it's points. I really don't care. But I see what Kerry's saying, and I'm more inclined to be on his side of that. So, so, so at the, at the end of the day, I this this is where we we all understood. Uh, I, I'm I'm the, I'm the numbers thing, right? I'm 100 percent the yeah. numbers thing because we all understood how how much, and the only reason why I am is because I understood um, how much the hundred year uh, top hundred was a sham for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Because it became just a popularity contest of who, and not not pop. Yeah, yes, there's some some really deserved it, and and I think seventy percent were correct. I think thirty percent was just who got submitted, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so the numbers game became in there to show that this is how it was. Now, now it's included where you can put the numbers game in there to build up a resume where it makes it worth your while. And builds up that person where you say, okay, that person deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And now some people don't realize is that I can put somebody in and build up their master totals up there, throw their master totals in there to help build the resume in there. And I can also put in, like, say, you know, how many tour championships they've had or build all that other stuff in there. I, I, I all, think you, I think I you're miss. I guess I I understand where you're coming from, Tim. Like, I agree with the numbers 100%. I don't think anybody in the Hall of Fame shouldn't be there. What I'm saying is that maybe people are inducted way too early. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at. They're, They're not saying that, like, we'll just use Adam as an example. He's the perfect example. Adam can still go on and have a 25 more year 
yeah. unreal career. But you inducted him when he was 30. Wow. Like, okay, well, a, thir- 39. But, yeah, but, but, but and, you know what he's saying. retired. Um, but, no, but, so I, I guess it comes down to one question, right? I guess it comes down to one question for me. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's only the only question. It's not about the age. It's okay. If he, if you use the numbers, if he's eligible, right, and he's the best person candidate in there, what's the great? For, well, yeah. yeah, yes, and it's what happens if something happens to him, right? Right. And do you want her to have that? Have that now, do or, you, or not? Or not? Have do you that water now? down? Do you water down the integrity of it by, by? Giving the selection to someone that is less deserving but older. No, but you said it's based on points, though. It, so, they no, no, have to meet the eligibility points. But that's what I mean. So, so if you put that, if you put that thing in there, where you know you can't, you can't get in until you're fifty or you're sixty. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you have somebody who has more accolades at the age of thirty-five, mm-hmm. as opposed to somebody who's fifty-two. But this fifty-two-year-old. You know, he doesn't have the same accolades as his 35, but he's going to get in because he's old. That's right. Is that is that? I think so because that 35 year old's still going to get in when they reach eligibility. Yeah. yeah. I think oh, Dex is. <laughs> Can you still hear me? Do I? Do I, leave leave that? That? <laughs> I, I might just leave that. Take us Make it a meme. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I, I think the points the points totally make sense. I just yes. think inducting somebody in like yeah, give a Mitch Davies or maybe Bradley Tiggett <laughs> or Tyler hit it when they're twenty something. I just well, think it's unreasonable to put them ahead of somebody that's been a part of it till they're sixty and finally reach the hundred points. Bradley has hundred and forty. Should he be inducted before that person at sixty and finally got their hundredth point? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. But right. they're both they're they're both just as deserving. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is the criteria. How do you uh, you guys have a point system? I I, I gather. Uh, uh, I think, that that's to the C five. Yeah. So it's point yeah. system. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know what what is that criteria? I think uh, um, it probably differs across the across the country. Um, and then do you include uh, you know is it because it's a uh, 05 Hall of Fame, is it only the 05 accomplishments, or do you include um, cash tournaments and all that other stuff? Um, so that's always difficult. And also, mm-hmm. we're, we're really bad. I don't, you guys are better out west, but um, I think as a sport in general, we're really bad at tracking statistics on bowlers. No, we're bad. Like yeah. over the last 30 or 40 years, there's so many stats that have not been kept track of. So we, we really don't know some of the great players that are out there that have played um, because it's just all lost. That's unfortunate. To be honest with you, Bob, we don't even have a Hall of Fame mode in Alberta. And uh, yeah. I think that's one of the things we're lacking out here. And uh, <laughs> that was on my to-do list. But yeah. I haven't gotten yeah. around to <laughs> Sending a letter to the A5 president. <laughs> yeah, um, I promise you'll end up in my junk mail. But <laughs> And then if you look at, um, at Duckpin... I mean, uh, Connie Ward, tremendous bowler, but she got into the Hall of Fame there in what two years, three years? Yeah, Mitch? yeah. and yeah. Not, not deserving. She's absolutely deserving, but she accomplished so much so quickly. Yeah, that she was able to meet that that point total. So yeah, Fr- friend friend of the show, Jeff Young doesn't deserve to be on there too if he gets there close too, right? So I mean, yeah. 
but I, I totally agree with you there, Bob. I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. I just, for me, it's just whatever happens, like you kind of want them to receive it. And I mean, for example, Adam's 39. He's not in good health. I mean, you look at him, right? He's not <laughs> like, like he's, he's one cheeseburger away from diabetes for sure. Yeah. You know, he's going to lose a leg, not be able yeah. to go. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. I love it. I love this discussion. I, I, get, I get both sides of it. Um, I like how people are so strong on either side of it. Yeah, I think it's a good problem to have, right? At least yeah. you have a Hall of Fame induction process that can be debated. Yeah. It's not cut and dry, and I like it. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Poor Weber. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> That'll be a, a fun treat for him tomorrow when he listens. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob, um, I know we're not even close to being done this podcast, but we have some special guest questions we want to hit hit up with you here. Um, did you have a mentor growing up It brought you into bowling? Um, well, it was my family. My mom was a, a, a really good bowler and my, my older brother, Greg, so I kind of uh, followed in their footsteps. Um and uh, there was a great bowler in a Sudbury, Don Millette. He was one of the guys that I always uh, uh, tried to uh, emulate when I was growing up. So, um, yeah, so they were the ones that kept got me in the game and kept me in the game. So, Cool. Um, so I know you did fairly well in Regina, but uh, do you have a favorite tournament? Open, Masters, WCBT event? Regina, absolutely. <laughs> We've had some really good success there. Um so yeah, that's that definitely my favorite. I really enjoyed Red Deer the year that I went out there. So those those were fun, and the Open is something special. Um, I know our our provincial Open is uh, is a little bit different because we have so many teams. So it's uh, it's quite an event, and uh, it's something that I wish I had experienced earlier. Uh, I moved to Toronto in 1988, um, and I never went to Hamilton to watch the Open, and I I regret that because. Uh, I just missed out through the whole 90s, and uh, until I went there in 2004 and actually experienced it, it was such a phenomenal event. And um, yeah, it's 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 great to either coaching or bowling. It's it's uh, it's a special event for us. Yeah, I couldn't imagine um, obviously being part of the Alberta Open for so many years. It's only five zones, but you guys are how many zones do you have now? We're down to 13. But we yeah. we had fourteen for quite a few years, and and years ago it was twenty four. So that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Before my time, it was twenty four. <laughs> how do you? I wonder how they crammed. I, how many matches did you play against each zone? Was it only one or two? Hey, I, I said, um, sorry, I, I Bob might have a better idea, but old man he would he bowls there. Yeah, but Brian used to tell me old stories about it. So yeah, so they had twenty-four zones, so they had four uh, four quads yeah. or four uh, groups, and you played within your group. Um, I I don't know if it was eight uh, twice. I think they both played each other twice, and then the winners went to the Saturday morning. Uh, I think is how it went. So that format was shit. <laughs> okay. It was. Well, it depends who you got in your group, right? So and, is that why you didn't win championships? Oh, and our format now is shit too. Okay, <laughs> and I've said it many a times, and that's why I had a, a motion to go in there and change it this year. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then Sorry. You know what? I'm going to let you guys ask the questions, and then we'll go right back to this. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> we like we love talking about the open. Yeah. Shit. 
Fire it up. There we go. Um, so, Bob, do you have your, a favorite or a best match you've ever been a part of? Um, favorite or best match I've been a part of would have to be the, the one against Nelson when I bowled a perfect game. That was by far the most memorable for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm pretty sure everybody else in that building remembered that match too. So, <laughs> especially Nelson, poor Nelson. Nelson. I still want <laughs> here. I think. Yeah. Um, do you? What's in your arsenal? What are you throwing? What are you wearing? Um, I think I have some Dexter shoes. Uh, nothing special. Um, and I I use because uh, I'm not even sure what kind of bowling balls. I have one set of bowling balls I use. Um. And uh, I, I do like the tiger stripe, the old tiger stripe Brunswick balls, but um, I have one set of bowling balls and that's it. I use, a, use that all the time. I think it's, um, I've never been one, I don't think I'm consistent enough to, uh, to figure that a change in bowling ball is going to make a difference in my game. It's just a matter of adjusting where I'm throwing because, uh, uh, yeah. If you ever want to know what those bowling balls are, you just have to describe them to Dexter, and he'll pick them out right away for you. Yeah, what are they? What are they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm what, not sure what they are. What colors are they? They're gray. Gray. Just black and gray. Okay, they're probably probably scorpions. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I'm not a fan of uh, soft rolls. Uh, me neither. Yeah, I find they they dry my hands out, and I to me grip is everything. So if I've got a good grip on the ball, then I'll, I'll play well. But uh, to me, they just dry out my hands and I can't hang on them. Hmm. You use tiger stripes as well, don't you, sometimes? Sometimes. Oh, well, I haven't used them in a while, but I do like the Brunswick. The old tiger stripes yeah. were, were my favorite. You didn't hear him say that like 30 seconds ago, Mitch? No. I'm way too focused on the next topic for a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so, Bob, do you have a bucket list item you want to complete in the sport before you hang up the shoes? Uh, I think winning a Canadian championship as a bowler would be would be nice. Um, I was uh, fortunate enough to, to get there a few years ago. Uh, we played actually in Sudbury, my hometown, so that was special. And we were very close to winning, um, except for one team from Alberta that uh, cut us short. But, uh, I think that that would be that would be uh, I, w I won as a coach, but I think to play uh, to get a chance to play and win as a as a player would be would be special. But mm -hmm. My years are running out, but I gotta keep uh, keep trying. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then here's the tough question: right. If you were to pick anybody in the past, present, or even the future of bowling, who would you play against for all the money? For all the money? Yeah. Hmm. It would have to be an easy match if it's for all the money, no? Well, we're assuming you win. <laughs> oh. Um, wow, that's a tough question. Hmm, let me think about that. Can I come back to yeah. that? For sure. Mitch yeah. is going to be like 30 minutes on this open. <laughs> well, topic, just so. one more question, Bob. What do you use for a razor? For a razor? <laughs> I just... I can't, I can't get it. Like, you did a great job. <laughs> Gillette, uh, Gillette Mach 5 or something like that. Okay. Know. Oh, yeah. All right. So I um, get the pivoting head though. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, I I don't know if I, I I have to say to Bob. I know that our team was the one that maybe knocked you off and you got the silver. But that first match in 2017 was probably one of the best team matches I ever had. Yeah, that it, was that was that, something. It was uh, the first game match. I think was it within a ball. I think it was the whole match. Yeah. And I know Mitch watched it. I think. 
that mm-hmm. one game. It was within a ball the whole the whole game from frame yeah. one to frame ten. Yeah. yeah, it came down to Ian, and yeah. Uh, yeah. all you had yeah. to do was throw a mark. And yeah. uh, Ian's like, uh, Ian back. Okay, Ian now is still a top five player in the province. Ian fifteen years ago was unbelievable, um, but he's still clutch uh, beyond belief. Still. I'd still take him as my anchor any day of the week. And the fact that he missed those shots was – I just couldn't believe when I was watching it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you guys, yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys probably – I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you who had a better team that year, to be honest. Like, because it was Bobby – like, yeah, Bobby, Ian, Wade. Oh, Wade wasn't on it, was he? It was Jim, Biscardi, uh, and, and Bob Akash. And then you guys had yourselves. Doug and Dougie. Doug and Dougie back was- now, Dougie went off a little bit of a cliff right after that. Um, and, and Doug's my boy. Like, I love him to death. It was a hell of a team. He definitely has, he hasn't played as well in the last couple of years since mm-hmm. that moment, to be honest. Um, but uh, you guys obviously had yourselves. You had the, you had Bradley, you had mm-hmm. Adam, and you had Freddie. And, uh, it was Freddie played amazing. <laughs> it, was me, it, was, it was me, Freddie, Adam. Uh, Adam, Adam Kemp, Evan, and uh, Sean Heller, and Sean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Evan was right. amazing. Yeah, well, Evan, Evan, Evan played really well. Sean oh, Evan, Evan scored that split in the second game, and after that, it was absolutely just game over. Like you could see that the life had left uh, a Central, but it, it, it's Ontario at that time. Um, the life had left them after they lost, and I thought they would rebound better than they did, and they came out okay, but. Uh, Evan scares that split, and it's game over right yeah. after that. You could just see, okay, really, this is how it's going to go down. And then you guys got fired. Yeah, I mean, he was like 1240 or something for four, I think, Evan, that, that day in the stepladder. It was amazing. It was crazy, yeah. It was, but anyways, that, that was probably the best match. Like, that first game was probably the best match I ever played. It was within a ball. It was just crazy. Yeah. 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 Not bad, Tim. Not bad for number 58. <laughs> <laughs> He's not – Tim, Tim is actually uh, like thirteen, isn't he? Thirteenth, and I, I was wrong on Bobby too. Sorry, Bob. I, it was a my link went to an old one. You're actually number forty-seven. Get out! Wow. Yeah, see, no, <laughs> you're, on old, you're on an old link too with Tim, so I'm pretty sure he's not thirteen anymore. I'm pretty sure he's fifty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twenty seventeen. Tim, you beat us at the Open, and Dexter beat beat us at the uh, Masters Nationals. So. Uh. You guys are off my Christmas card list. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll get All right, Mitch. Movie. Lay into it. Okay. Right. So, back in the 80s, okay, there was this absolutely friggin' terrible... Yeah, don't start, Jim. It was a terrible, terrible... Uh, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> awful. We had 24 zones. We bowled 10 games, okay? That was it. Ten games, and if you didn't win your block, you went home. You went home. Think about that. And they didn't squish twenty-four teams into one center because they couldn't do it. There's three. There's three divisions, right? 20, 80, 48 lanes. Just no, no good math there. Um, so you'd have the men's division come in. They play like three games, and then they come back in later at night, play another three games. And that was after they did a Wednesday night singles, Thursday morning singles. So they'd stick like twenty-four teams in there, forty-eight teams in there again. Um, the, after that, they'd play like three games and they'd stick up. They'd run it till like 11 o'clock at night. Anyways, you played 10 games and if you didn't win your block, you went home. 
or it might have been your top two in your block. So even still, you still had to be in the maybe the group of death, and you went in the top two, and then you played another like four games or five games. It was terrible. Fifteen games to, for a provincial championships is garbage. First off, okay. Now let's fast forward to our now format, which is just as bad. Uh, being ranked in anything, anything is lame. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, good he, old he, man. Gets, he, he gets on one podcast and he thinks he's a freaking bee's knees, eh? Yeah, he's, he's a <laughs> So now, our format now is we have 13 teams and you play everybody once. So you play 12 games. 12 games. To, and then you go to a, a step ladder and you could, you know, play on the Saturday, whatever. It's garbage. Okay, how are you going to tell me that a provincial championship should be crowned on 12 games? You have to go basically, t- like, 10 and 2 to come top two and then nine and three just to make it in with a tiebreak probably. And I just truly believe it was a, it was a, it was a bad structure and they got the seniors in there. And that's why the only reason why they do it this way is because of for time limits, they have the seniors. So we have four divisions now working in there and you can't even run it in the same, in one center, 48 lanes. So yeah. I, I, I truly always hated it. Um, I've always thought it was an absolute joke when you have other provinces like Alberta playing 20 games plus buys to crown a national or a provincial title. And here we are with five times the amount of numbers or whatever, and we're playing 12 games. Like as far as not the one tournament, obviously it's only two and a half times, but what I'm getting at, how is that even possible? So I had a, I had a motion in there this year to change it to groups, go down to 12 zones. You have two groups of six, play everybody in your group twice, which would be 10 games, and then play the other group once, which would be 16 games, and then still go to a stepladder. But I also wanted to add in a fifth team for making the stepladder. So you'd have two in each group make it, and then a, a wild card. Wow. Now the fourth, and the fourth and the fifth would actually play directly after the qualifying. Not Saturday, but you'd play on the Friday night. So you'd have three divisions playing one game right after everybody's done. And everybody all hangs out and watch the games. And then I think it'd be a pretty cool atmosphere. Um, so, I, and, I, and I truly believe that it was going to get passed this year for next year. Uh, I just, I, I just don't agree with the format at all. Like we're going out to play singles tournaments and we're playing 30 plus games on a Sunday. Uh, when you qualify for this tournament, you're playing 20 games over two weekends here. Uh, we definitely should be playing more than 12 games. That was my opinion. I don't know how Bobby feels about that or whatever. No, I, I agree. I mean, the more games, the better, as long as it's not a marathon, because then you're uh, you're cutting out a lot of people that uh, that are aging that can't last that long. But but I, I agree. I, I don't know that uh, twelve games is enough. I think uh, if you at least played everybody twice would be would be better um, if if the time allowed. But um, yeah, that's that's obviously like a time restraint, like a home and away kind of a thing. So. Yeah. yeah, even if you had 12, you couldn't do 22 games in two days, right? It would just be too much. Yeah. So that's where I was coming up with the basis of 16 games, and I felt like it could be really it, – it could be good over a stretch of two days where – especially if you had the singles. I know how you guys do it out west where you have all 10 games on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's way more beneficial for time frames than the way we do it where you go five games and then do five games on Thursday. Well, now you can maximize the time slots instead yeah. when you do it. Yeah, we, we we play we play Thursday, Friday, Saturday for teams and call it a day. And to be honest, I actually what I wanted to do, I, I doubled back on this one, or we kind of figured it out actually because Neds has time restraints on how they wanted us to run the open as well. 
so we couldn't run at certain they had they have leagues and they have open bowling on friday nights and whatever but where we figured it out was we were going to do five games on wednesday night five games on thursday night because they were allowing us to have a certain amount of lanes but then we were going to run the step ladder for the singles on friday night so his thoughts was we'll give you guys eight lanes and you can wrap all the way around like the eight lanes. So you go up and down the lane and all the way around and whatever. And everybody can watch the whole singles on a Friday night and just get, you know, hammered or whatever. Yeah. But it's a good money maker for him. And we're only taking up eight lanes and they can separate their cosmic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty sweet. Yeah. And uh, obviously COVID hit. But, but what, what we're talking about is like it was going to be a great atmosphere. We were going to have our team uh, stepladder done by noon on the Saturday, well within their time restraints that they were saying by 1.30. Mm-hmm. So we, we had it all set up, ready to go for next year. Yeah. I think that's a great thing, uh, especially you bringing up working with Nebs and figuring out something that works for both, right? That's uh, – one thing the associations of the past didn't do very well was working with the proprietors to make sure everything worked out well. I know Tim is headed day five and Dexter on the masters. They've worked really well with the proprietors to make um, things work and make the events happen. Right. Um, They got to work together. Unfortunately, uh, if you don't have the proprietors, you don't have the sports. And if you don't have the association to run it, you don't have the players to fill those lanes. It used to be so cutthroat, man out here. It used to be like, it used to be brutal. They, they, they'd have bidding wars. They'd, you know, they'd have one guy go to, you know, Bronx and be like, hey, we want to host this tournament. What lineage rate are you going to give us? And then they'd be like, yeah, $4.50. And he's like, okay. So then you go to Bonnie Dune and be like, well, what lineage rate are you going to give us? They're going to be $4.50. He's like, well, we'll give you $4. He's like, okay. And then he'd go to the next place. And then, like, they'd whittle down lineage and you just, uh, yeah, just, just, you can't do that anymore. You can't do it. These, these, they're businesses, and they need to make money. Yeah. The hard part about the whole, about any change whatsoever in bowling, it's not receptiveness to change, but it's the uh, willingness to like go through with it. So um, I was on the board for Hamilton. I'm not anymore. Uh, I resigned this year. But when I went to go put these motions forward, a lot of people were like, "Well, what if we put it in for a recommendation?" It's like, no. Because I know exactly what happens there, right? I've been down that road many a times. The recommendation just goes fall by the wayside, and it's like they might talk. Bob, you know, Bob has been on. I believe you've been on the O five board before, have you not? Not the O five board. Oh no, you haven't. Okay, uh, it's it's you know these conversations they go through, and they might talk about it for every second, but they're like, yeah, but we don't really want to do this for this reason, and this reason, and this reason. If I don't have the opportunity to talk about my motion or talk about my idea, then it just gets fallen by the wayside. Yeah. yeah, you got to put it through, right? Because it didn't becomes a real thing. Exactly. Once you put it through, um, it, it's a reality. It's it will happen, right? It has to happen. Or you have to uh, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. As actually, so uh, <laughs> when I about uh, about seven years ago, I was playing masters, and I I begged for them to let us play teaching events because there was a lot of money in these teaching events. Um, <laughs> And, and, and no, it was the truth. Like you, you were, we were losing really good players to go play teaching events for more money. And I was like, well, how is that fair that they're leaving to go play these for more money? But at the same time, those same players wanted to play, well, actually different players as well. They wanted to play 
for nationals in a scratch side where they felt they had a better opportunity. Um, so when we went forward with, I made a hybrid division, which is now non-existent. It's just, you can play whatever division you want for free, but you paid an extra 40 bucks and you could play both teaching and tournament and you could go play for those money and you could play for both aggregates until right down to the very end. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, when I, when I came up with this idea, it was like, well, why don't you change it to a recommendation? And I had to stick, and I was only like 22 or whatever. Right. And I had to kind of stick to my guns because there was a lot of people pressuring you to make sure that you don't put this through. Cause they don't, some people don't want to see it, but there was a majority that did. Um, so when we went forward and I talked about it and I spoke about it, you have to stay away from the money thing. Cause people, you know, they get, they get upset. And you don't want to talk about the real thing. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go play these tournaments because I want to win $1,500 over here for a 16 block. You know, like, but that, yeah, that might have been a premise for my reasoning, but other people had actual reasonings of why they wanted to go play tournament and teaching. No. Sorry, go ahead. No, it benefited both of them, right? Yeah, like Bob is a perfect example, though. Like, I don't know what his master's average is, but he plays well above that. So not only can he go and play teaching and have a chance to make that national aggregate, but he can also have a chance to go play the scratch side, benefit from it uh, in a mental perspective and make uh, have a chance for making the team. So, yeah. I mean, it helped him greatly. And now they've adopted it, so you don't even have to pay for it anymore. You're just, you can play whatever you want. Yeah. But I, I, saw, I saw no disadvantage to it where centers are going to get more money because they're going to have more people. Um, prize money is going to be bolstered because you're going to have more people and uh, the association is going to get more admin fees. So where, where's the loss here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, so, hmm. and, and it went through after like, after years and years and years of this stuff, uh, it finally went through. And so hopefully it went through, it went, it went well, but that's where I was going at. If you, if you change things to a recommendation and you don't go through with your motions and, and stick to your guns, you're unfortunately in this game, you're kind of going to lose. Yeah. And, and we've been down that road many times through all of us, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll kind of loop back to uh, Mitch. You're asking about the next WCBT event and and all that uh, that jazz. I I truly don't know. I know Dexter and Tim are really pushing for TPC to get uh, the recommendation from Alberta Health Services and see if they can run that. But I, unfortunately, I can't see it happening until Regina. And then um, this has been a discussion through the WCBT is does a wraparound season happen? Do you have a six event okay. season instead of a two events, nothing behind it kind of thing? So um, what, I, what are your that? perspective? So the, the, only, the only issue that we have with that from a, the board perspective is uh, the fiscal end of year for our not for profit, not for profit right? Um, so we'd have to get some sort of allowance to to do that wraparound year for the one year. But I, me personally, I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't have a problem with that. I, I think that's better than having a two event season. I'd rather have a six event longer season than a two event season. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think you got to make it worthwhile and. Strange times call for uh, different kind of scenarios, right? So. Mm -hmm. 
I 100% agree with the six event season. Um, as a person, like, I'm a, I go to three a year. Obviously, we run our one club tour on the same weekend you guys run Calgary. Um, but I totally agree with that with that format. I, I think you can, you'll can you get entries as the time goes on, as people maybe get over whatever fear they may possibly have. But we've shown that in Red Deer, you guys were going to have 200-plus entries during a pandemic in the middle of August. So, you know, when, I, when I, it wasn't allowed to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> do I feel like it'll absolutely be fine? Yes. It'll be great if you did, if you got two, even if, and because I mean, realistically speaking, do I think Regina happens? No. But um, if it didn't happen, I 100% see May being a possibility, a very strong possibility mm-hmm. uh, for, for Red Deer. And if that's the yeah. case, maybe you do five or whatever the case may be. But I, I do, I definitely believe in um, attaching those seasons, you know, attaching it. I, I don't know what else you could do. You can't like bolster a prize fund of Red Deer because what money do you, what money does the WCBT have, uh, WCBT have aside from the perfect game pods? And you can't touch that. So, I mean, unless there's like a hidden pot or something like that to bolster a prize fund, which would be essentially useless, then. Yeah, then, then there's no then there's no sense of like just making a one-off event. Yeah, well, yeah. the idea was um, if the wraparound season didn't make sense, the Regina Classic and the Heritage Traditional for the 2021 year wouldn't actually be a tour event. It would just be their own events. We would still live stream and stuff, but you wouldn't have memberships, and then you would start the new season as of Calgary. But I think having a six-event wraparound season makes a lot of sense. You bolster prize money huge. You have two separate or new events to mm-hmm. sell merchandise, hopefully get more membership. And all of a sudden, your 2022 um, tour championship is massive, right? Like, Oh, absolutely. And uh, personally, I believe that if you do that, if you did a six events or five events, whatever the case may be, I think an increased membership would be totally acceptable as well. I think if we're doing for a year and a half, 125 or $150 would be acceptable. Right. right? You don't have to pay another, you know, what would the case be? It might be like 16 months or whatever. So yeah. I totally feel like increased membership would be fine. Hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I understand that money might be tight, but you understand, and that's not everybody. I just, I understand like uh, people who own businesses, definitely, absolutely. Um, but you understand what, you, what you're what you getting yourself into when you go to these tournaments, right? We've had uh, articles written on what it's like to go on tour and how to save money and whatnot, but you know exactly what you're getting yourself into when you go to these tournaments and how much it's gonna cost uh, well ahead of time. It's not a hidden secret, it's, it costs money to go play these events and it costs money to, uh, I guess, to make money, right? So if you're gonna go play these events for whether it's pride or money or whatever, you know it's gonna cost you something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the touring player number right now is, uh, last year was 106 WCBT members, right? So those are people Mm -hmm. willing to put $100 to say they're showing up for two events or more and most probably three events, right? Unfortunately, with Heritage not happening, um, a lot of those players ended up only getting two events in and stuff like that. But I know it's bullshit. Uh, <laughs> trust me, Heritage is my bread and butter, and that's 
<laughs> but uh, it's just the way it goes. And I don't know. I'm I'm all for a wraparound season. I think it makes a lot of sense. But Can we just hide that money? Like we take almost all that money in cash, in your pocket, anyways, right? Right? Just <laughs> yes, just, yes, a lot of just, it. I mean, you yeah. can just put your own personal savings account or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. Cool. There, there's that, that work, sounds, there's that, that workarounds. Sounds great to put that on live. Yeah, yeah you're an accountant. Live. Figure this out. There's <laughs> workarounds. You're really. an accountant. You'll figure it out. I got just to embezzle it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sitting in the Cayman Islands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. Um, does anybody else have another topic they want to talk about? Bob, is there anything you want to ask us? Yeah. I want to ask you guys? Yeah. Well, I want to, uh, one comment I want to make is thank you guys for all the work that you do. I, it's tremendous what you've done with the the, the tour and uh, the streaming and all of that work that you guys put in. And a big thank you to you guys. I and mean, we need to do more of that out, out, out east here to promote the game. And um, that's the only way we're going to do it. I mean, I think we once we were off uh, TSN and CBC, people kind of forgot about bowling, and, and it almost as if the sport had died because we were out of sight, out of mind. So, yeah. uh, appreciate all the work that you guys do to get us some exposure, and uh, we need to do that across the country. So, yeah, thank you. That was that was the whole thought behind it. Is like uh, everybody wants it to happen, but nobody's doing it. So, I right. guess exactly. we're the guys, right? Yeah, so we appreciate that. Uh, stuff yeah. that we've all talked about doing and just uh, never did it. So, so I'm thankful that you guys are doing it. Hopefully we can keep it going. Yeah, nope. um, thank you. I guess the other thing that uh, is uh, how do we promote better for the kids? I mean, that's uh, I think that that's the biggest uh, weakness that we have. We don't have enough YBC bowlers coming through. Uh, that they feed into the adult ranks, and so how do we get the – I think – there's, uh, there's not a kid that you talk to that goes bowling that doesn't love it. Uh, so why can't we get more uh, kids to join the sport and stay in the sport? Yeah. Um, so ultimately, I, this is the year that we could do it too. <laughs> like, like there isn't a lot that the kids can do that you know isn't like you know super physical, uh, up against other people. You know, it's it's not aggressive. You're not in somebody's face. So, so I'll, I'll tell it's you one guys, of the safest sports right now. I'll yeah. tell you guys a little stats. First of all, um, OHL, you guys are from Ontario. OHL yeah. is no longer doing body checking. Really? <laughs> Legit. No. Yeah. Today yeah, they, they said they, yeah. no body checking. So that's wow. So, so, so that that came can, down from the Ontario government. So yeah. <laughs> so, so you got you guys can play with your I don't know I don't know how you guys can do that, but that'd be funny. That's <laughs> um, hockey. Uh, but why? Be over on everything. Yeah, YBC only has seven thousand kids this year. Seven thousand. Yeah, with the COVID and everything. So yeah. I heard, if I remember correctly, through my BFA meeting, three hundred forty uh, members from Bull Canada. I could be wrong, but uh, last year and only a hundred and forty this year. Centers. That are Bull Canada members yeah. this year. Wow. But uh, I'm sure a lot of people aren't paying for it because they realize like what. I mean, the hard truth what, is like – What do we got? What do we got? Yeah. Right? So, yeah. what, so, but you think about it though, right? I mean, like how we can help the kids. Well, <laughs> we had to be members to help with the kids too, right? Yeah. So um, we're trying out here. I don't know. We try to, it, it's so tough. You had, you had to get in a community somehow, right? And, mm -hmm. and, that, and that's the hardest part, trying to promote it. Yeah. 
figure out the right way to promote it within your community. I don't know how that is, right? I mean, whatever we're doing now is not doing a good job. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, I I posted something on Facebook. Uh, there was an an article from the there used to be I don't know if, who remembers there was a Bowling News the Bowling News a newspaper they used to send out in the, in the, in the 80s. And uh, there was an article in 1984, I think it was, and they had a drop in YBC membership that year, I think down to 77,000 kids. But they were listed, like they were concerned. And all of the issues that they had in 1984, we still have today, 36 years later. So we still haven't solved the problem. Yeah, uh, they're, they're out of ideas too, Bob. Yeah. What's our, what was our membership last year for, uh, for YBC, Tim? Uh it, it wasn't. Like it wasn't that much lower or, or higher, honestly. I think well, it was only like eighty five hundred. Ten thousand to seven thousand. It wasn't. It, I don't. I don't think it was ten thousand. I'm almost guaranteeing it's not. I, 10, I don't 000. think it was. Ten, I don't think it was ten thousand either. No. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I know back in the day, like Bob, I'm not sure if you'd be privy to this information. This is through Gino and stuff like that. There used to be high school events, right? Yeah. Is there a way that Bowl Canada and stuff like that can get back into the high school curriculums? And because, like, literally, they have curling programs. And how do you not have a bowling program? Yeah, it baffles me. So, I actually, on my end, I've talked to our local Dex and I have over the times because we have pretty good ins with our like our local high schools, and. Uh, they they were into it, but they're not. Uh, it's it's such a political thing with Metro. So as soon as you leave, like I can, you, we can do something locally. But then you, if you bring somebody else in on a different level, then it's a, it's a whole different ball game, right? Um, I I don't know. I, it's tough because uh, I I think that would be like a bull Canada bull Alberta thing, mm-hmm. and you would ha- really have to sell them on it. And I don't know how how you get them into there. So as you just saw, was Kathy just said that bowling's yeah. in school in your region. So in Oshawa, what they have is they actually have like bowling teams for schools. Like they have competitions, um, like their their high school teams, uh, and then Oshawa, like Ned runs it, huh. right? Okay. Like, so, yeah. so talk to Jeff England. Okay, exactly. There you go. Talk to Jeff. England. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I remember. I don't know if you guys remember this guy or not. If you even know him or ever met him or not, was uh, Nathan Conway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Nate Conway, he. He was actually on a board. The first time I ever met him was actually on MySpace. It was great. But uh, we were talking. He, he wow. put a picture. He put a picture out there, of, like in a bowling shirt. I was like, "Oh, what team is that?" Or whatever. When we were like fifteen or fourteen, and uh, he's like, "Oh, it's my high school." So he played at Nebs with um, for high school. So you yeah. see, you see, so you met him on Nexopia. MySpace. Oh, MySpace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, right. like, we always had that too, like traveling gym class. So we went to like my home center when I was in grade 12 as well. We played 10 gym. But yeah, uh, yeah. there you go. Hmm. Yeah, we, 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 we have schools that come in on like uh, for rec class. It's another thing that mm-hmm. uh, they want to do it as like a competition, right? Yeah, it's just um, like going back to high school. That's a long time ago. But obviously there's the, the volleyball, the basketball, the curling, yeah. stuff like that. Like there's got to be a way to get high school teams a thing and go travel and compete against other high schools. It, especially in like a Sherwood Park region, obviously you got probably multiple high schools in your district to have matches at your center. Like 
It's a win. It's a how win. hard? How hard could that be to promote? I don't know. And, and, you need and, an in, obviously. And, and well, we, we we haven't. I my dad worked for the school system. I mean, he he, he had an in at the point too, right? But the other thing is too. What, what's really frustrating is you got to make sure the proprietors are wanting to do it too, right? And and like, yeah. Well, I I don't want to. I don't want to get up early to open up my doors that time. Like, we've heard that before. It's like. Well, what's what's so what's so bad? Open up at ten o'clock, right? I mean, like, <laughs> right? I mean, that, I mean, that's a big thing too, right? Like, yeah. If you can make an extra little, you know, extra little coin there when you're not open, uh, well, open totally. up, right? Yeah. 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 And I think there there has to be um, uh, better coaching. I think that uh, I think some of the there's a lack of coaching at the YBC level. So I think kids are they're they're joining up, but they're not improving. So they just get bored with it. But if they could show some improvement, I know when I was coming through, there was lots of coaches, and you certainly uh, the the masters were there coaching in their uh, their baby blue uniforms. So you always had uh, somebody to to ask or to somebody to give you some guidance. So you you showed improvement, you enjoyed the game more, and then you you stuck with it longer. Mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, and unfortunately, like um, I guess we look at your YBC programs going now. Your, a lot of your coaches are volunteer, right? Um, through the master's program, but you get schools involved in, especially high school programs and all stuff. All of a sudden, that coach can be paid for his time, right? There's a lot of money generation that can happen through the education system. So, mm -hmm. um, and that would benefit the master side of things too if you can generate some money and have coaches out during these high school events. And yeah. unfortunately, obviously, you got a lot of police check stuff to do now, but. Um, that's the way of the times. Yeah. yeah. And obviously nothing's happening until COVID's over. So. Right. But now's a good time to, to make changes, right? Yeah. yeah totally. to discuss it and... Clean slate. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I think we solved all the bowling world's problems. So. <laughs> Another successful podcast. Shitty formats everywhere changed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Bob and Mitch, I just want to thank you guys for coming on with us. Um, especially, I do believe it was short notice again. Um, but we're happy to have you guys on. Anytime yeah. you want back on, just let us know. Yeah. yeah we'll, great. Thanks very much. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, we'll, we'll get Bob back on when uh, when Mitch lets him talk. It's <laughs> <laughs> like debating uh, Trump here. I can't get a word. <laughs> just look at him. Just, just shut up, man. Yeah, Bob. Here's the deal. We'll bring him on uh, instead of uh, maybe Jim Head on next time with you instead of uh, Mitch. How was that? There sure. you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you guys want to stay on for a little bit longer, okay. we'll talk some stuff. But uh, thanks for coming on, guys. All right. Thanks, thanks for coming. And one last thing before we uh, end this podcast, I just want to thank all the patrons that help us do this every week and all-star bowling sales, um, obviously for the sponsorship um, on the page right now, if you're watching is a list of all the patrons that help uh, donate at least $2 minimum per month to help us get this, uh, this media out to you guys. Thanks again. <laughs>